you allow him to turn the corner, mama, there goes that man. Puts up the shot. It's good. Kyrie Irving. Oh, if you don't like that, you don't like NBA basketball. Oh, boy. Welcome, everyone, to the First Pick Podcast, your source for NBA news-related content. Thanks for listening. Welcome, everyone, back to another episode of the First Pick Podcast. You guys really love the team in-depth you know, analysis I've been doing three so far, and today we got the Charlotte Hornets. Now, the Charlotte Hornets are a pretty interesting team, but first and foremost, before we get into you know, the team in-depth analysis, I want to send out prayers and everything to Bronny James. As I posted on my First Pick Podcast Instagram, he did suffer a cardiac arrest at USC. I don't know if it was practice or shoot around or something, but he suffered that. Thankfully, he was rushed to an ICU and he's off the ICU now, so he he should be recovering. But yeah, super scary situation. I hope none of this, you know, holds him back. I hope he comes back a million times stronger. You know, I didn't really want to talk about it in the past pod or I really don't want to get too much into depth on it. This pod is supposed to be, you know, lighthearted fun, get you guys to know more about the NBA. But, you know, it's a big story and I really do want to give you guys, you know, the, the news and everything. We just hope that he comes back stronger nothing but prayers for the James family and yeah without further ado let's you know try to move the topic along along to the Charlotte Hornets which this episode is going to be about now the Charlotte Hornets this episode in general probably won't be that huge just based off the fact that the Charlotte Hornets really didn't do anything this offseason they still have uh, their own free agent who I'm still surprised has not been signed even to a qualifying offer But the Charlotte Hornets finished last year 27-55, and last in their division, the Southeast Division. They finished last year with the second-worst record in the East, 14th, 10 games ahead of the Pistons, and the Pistons won 17 games. That's not really something you really are looking as a win in general. They had a really solid year the year before, and then they took a million steps back this year. Obviously, they have their problems, though, and that's something we're going to be talking about. The Mellow Ball, he hasn't been able to stay on the court. But uh, they did sign him to a rookie scale extension. I want to say it was like four or five years, ton of millions of dollars, hundreds of millions. And I mean, it's a good deal for Charlotte because they're not really a free agency destination. They're not really, you know, the place to be. So to lock up someone of the Mellow Ball's caliber for that much of time, I think it's only good because worst case scenario, if things go south, it's a tradable contract. You can't trade him. And I think that does work out for Charlotte and both LaMelo Ball. Terry Rozier is still over there in Charlotte. It's a guy that's been in rumors a ton. He came to Charlotte to kind of become that guy or that second option. And last year, he did average 21 points, granted on 41% field goal shooting. So it's like it's kind of up there with him. But he is really good when he's open. He had a really bad year, though, you know, in shooting the ball-wise. The year prior, he shot 37% from three, and he averaged 20 points per game. This year, he averaged 21 points per game, but his three-point percentage went from 37 to 32. I want to say that's because the quality of shots he was getting, you know, were probably not as good. Even though he attempted the same amount of three-pointers, he attempted eight the year before, and then he attempted eight this year. I want to say just because, you know, when you have a guy like Lamelo, he makes the game so much more easier for everyone around him. And I do think that once he 
comes back into the fold of things and, you know, we're going to get into other names that are going to make the game a lot easier for Terry. You could be looking at another 20 point per game season for him. He's looking to go on four in a row now, unless you count 18. But ever since he's been in Charlotte, he's been an 18 plus point per game scorer. I do think that is on, you know, the comeback. I think that could be something that we could look at. Brandon Miller, their second overall pick, he had a really, really bad, you know, summer league. They signed him to his rookie scale contract. That was one of, you know, their biggest moves this offseason. I mean, I don't really know what to say about Brandon Miller only because, you know, he hasn't played an NBA game yet. And NBA games are extremely different than, you know, summer league games. The 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 shots that other players are taking, they're not going to be taking in summer league just because, you know, everyone in summer league is trying to get theirs. They're trying to get their own. And I do think that Brandon Miller can really be that second scoring option or maybe even that first scoring option. That Brandon Ingram-esque player for Charlotte, just a guy that you can give the ball to and give you 20 to 25 a night. Obviously, maybe his first year, I do suspect a lot of field goal struggles. I do think he will shoot below league average. I think his true shooting percentage will be really, really bad. Those of you who don't know, true shooting percentage is your two-pointers, three-pointers, free throws, basically any shot you shoot in the game all into one um, percentage. And I do think his will be really below league average, if I can just look up. The true shooting percentage for guys that play his position, you know, the shooting guard, small forward, the true shooting percentage was around 57 to 56%. Now, that's something that do I think Miller will probably hit realistically shooting-wise. I think he's shooting around 40% from the field, low 30s in three, maybe 70 to 80 on free throw. That's all going to average out to maybe high 40s. But even then, that is still way below league average. I do think Ben Miller will struggle a bit. But, I mean, I still have – it's still very early in his career. Maybe next year, his sophomore year, he takes a leap in efficiency. Or maybe towards the end of his rookie year. We see that a lot where they struggle a lot their their first half. And then that second, you know, all-star break gives them a second wind. And they become more of a an efficient player. Next is P.J. Washington. Now, P.J. Washington is still a free agent. I don't know how he's still a free agent. He's coming off a career year over there in Charlotte. He just finished averaging 16 points, five rebounds, two assists, shooting 44% from the field, which for a big that shoots a lot of three-pointers, that's really, really good. Let me bring up his three-point percentage. He shot 35% from three this year. He has actually been a career 36% three-point shooter. So he's a really, really good shooter. He made two a game last year, which is his career high. He's just had career highs all across the board. And I'm just really surprised that Charlotte brings back a guy like, you know, Miles Bridges and etc. But they don't bring back a guy like PJ Washington. Now, could the number of PJ and Charlotte be completely different? I think Charlotte is banking on the hope of him just signing his qualifying offer, which is should be no more than five million. And I think PJ is holding out for someone to offer him a contract. But the money is drying up everywhere. Veteran minimums are almost the only thing. The only place where he can probably get a little more than five million is Chicago. Do I think he's a good fit in Chicago? I think he's a great fit in Chicago. He's the stretch four that they need. He can play defense. He shoots the three point ball well. I would not be surprised if he ends up signing an offer sheet with Chicago. Do I think Charlotte matches it? Most likely. I think that's the most likely scenario here. So that's why I'm including him in this episode, just because I do think the most likely scenario is him going back to Charlotte. I really like him next to Brandon Miller, Terry, and LaMelo. Hypothetically, you get a guy that gets 16 points per game, a couple rebounds, and he shoots a three-ball well. That's all you can really ask for your big. That's starting next to your five. I really do like that for them. Next is Mark Williams, who had a tremendous rookie year. I was actually really surprised that they didn't really play him as much, but they did just have Mason Plumlee, and then once they traded him, 
it was a lot more smooth sailing for him. But in his rookie year, he averaged 9.7 rebounds. That's really, really good for a rookie. I'm assuming, yeah, his field goal percentage, 63%. Free throw percentage, you worry about 69%, but he averaged a block a game, only two fouls, which he was playing around 20 minutes a game. So I think that's really, really good for a rookie center. What do I look for him this upcoming season? I'm hoping somewhere around 10 points. So kind of same he's been doing now. So like 10 points with 10 rebounds, maybe up the blocks to maybe two, 1.5 blocks a game. But I think we you know we're really seeing the ceiling of Mark Williams, and this is definitely his best case scenario, becoming a starting center. Reminds me a lot of an Avita Zubak in the sense of like, you know, just block shots, rebound and, you know, do 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 the dirty work. And I think Charlotte desperately needs that just because the people I've been naming before, LaMelo, Terry, Brandon, PJ, they're not the best defenders. Mark William can definitely be the anchor type of defender for this team. And I can definitely see him, you know, growing into that mold and becoming a really nice spark plug for them. You know, their bench is just something that has been really, really lacking. And I think they didn't address it. Their only signing in free agency was Miles Bridges to the qualifying offer. Now, Miles Bridges has a ton of controversy behind him. He's going to be suspended for the first couple games of the season. Now, I want to say 15 games of the season, and we're not going to get into the controversy. We're just going to be talking about strictly basketball. And basketball-wise, he fits. He averaged 20 points per game the, the last season he played. He's a good shooter. He's a volume scorer. I do think that, you know, with the addition of Brandon Miller, and we don't know if PJ is coming back or not, Minutes are going to be hard to find just because you have three guys around six, seven to six, nine that all essentially do the same thing. But they're all at different stages in their career. Miles Bridges is somewhat established. PJ is heading towards, you know, becoming an established player. And then we have Brandon Miller, who is essentially a rookie, doesn't really know what his role is going to be. We have three guys in different stages of their career. And then just to add more problems, they have Gordon Hayward's huge contract. Gordon Hayward was semi-healthy last offseason, last season, but even then in a semi-healthy season, he only averaged 14 points, four rebounds, four assists. Now, that's actually pretty good comparing him to his other years. The year prior, he averaged 16. So it's kind of the same thing. He had better field goal percentage, but a way worse three-pointing shot, 32% from three. But 50 games, that's the most games he's played since Boston back in 2020. So that's pretty good for Gordon Hayward. You just hope he stays healthy like any NBA player. You just want them to stay healthy. And I do think, you know, you have four guys in your wing rotation. And it's a wings league, so I'm not going to be mad about it. But you have four guys that kind of do the same thing. They all are kind of, you know, the same height. They all don't really play any sort of defense, really. So you really got to take it into consideration. I do think they can be a team that consolidates and, you know, trade someone at the trade deadline, whether that's PJ because they don't think they're going to be able to bring him back. Miles Bridges because they don't think they're going to be able to bring him back. Gordon Hayward because he's on the last year of his contract. He's making $30 million. So he's a real, you know, get-out-of-jail-free card that some team can use that wants to get rid of some money. And Brandon Miller, you know, he's just the only one that's probably going to stay. The ones that are really could be on the trading block, Gordon, Miles, PJ, just guys that we don't really know what their roles are on this team, on a rebuilding team right now. It's just scores. So we'll go about that the way we go about usually everything else. What I really actually did like is one of my favorite moves of the offseason for Charlotte was drafting Nick Smith Jr. with their late first round pick. Nick Smith Jr. is someone that I had slated to go, you know, top 20 in the draft. He fell to, you know, below 20, I want to say late 20s. And I mean, he's a really solid player. He's just someone that 
at one point was a top ranked player in college. He was picked 27th. That's something that, you know, you don't hear that much. A guy that was previously ranked top five to fall the way down to 27th, all because of just some minor injuries. He had a couple knee injuries in college, but he still came back, averaged 20 points per game. He's a really good three-point shooter. He's extremely crafty and twitchy. I think they can realistically find the next person that replaces Terry Rozier. Nick Smith Jr., ESPN has Terry Rozier slid in as the backup point guard, as well as the starting shooting guard. I don't think that's really possible unless they plan on playing Terry, you know, 36, 38 minutes a night. I say throw Nick Smith Jr. in there. I think he can be a perfect backup point. He reminds me a lot of Bones Highland, just the quickness, the shiftiness, the ability to create for himself. He can be a really, really fun player to see. And even then, they still have Theo Maladon, who did play last season with them. He was as mediocre as it kind of gets when it comes to him. Only 6.7 points, three rebounds, four assists, though. So you kind of do like that. But last year, he played 44 games for Charlotte. He shot below 30% from three, barely 40% from the field. He shot 85% from the free throw line, though. So that's something you really do like. But, you know, you just kind of hope that Nick Smith Jr. can kind of take over that role and really do become, you know, the straight backup point guard for this team. And maybe eventually when Terry's gone and all these vets are gone and they really start trying to win, Nick Smith Jr. can definitely be the starting shooting guard for this roster. And, you know, as I mentioned, this team has a bunch of project players. They're definitely going to be rebuilding. They have guys like JT Thor, Kai Jones, who I'm so very high on. He had a massive poster dunk when I went to Las Vegas on Victor Wimbanyama. Nick Richards, who's someone who, you know, kind of similar to Mark Williams. They both kind of do the same thing, just a little different. And they have Cody Martin, who was also injured a lot last year. He barely averaged five points per game on below 40% from shooting, which is really, really bad. Nothing like his brother, who had a tremendous playoffs. You know, you hope that he can duplicate that over there in Charlotte. But, you know, this team, 27 wins is what they got last year. I think they're in it for another year of that caliber. I think this team is missing a lot of cohesiveness. They're missing a bench. They're missing, you know, they're just missing an identity. I don't know what this team's identity is. They have a ton of three-point shooting. They don't have a lot of defense. And I do believe in order to win in this league, you need defense. And this team doesn't have defense. I think LaMelo is in talks to be an all-star this year. I think that's definitely up there. Brandon Miller, everything goes right. Should be making a case for rookie of the year. Mark Williams should be like, you know, one of the more improved players in the league because he'll have a full year of everything going on. I do think their ceiling, though, is 35 wins. And, you know, 35 wins will put them at 35 and 47, which I don't think is good enough to reach the play in. I don't even think that's good enough to be the 11 seed. I don't think it's good enough to be the 12 seed. I think they're They'll go up from 14th to 13th, but that's kind of about it. I don't think they're really in for another good season. I think they should get another really high draft pick. Next year's draft class is not good, but I do think with the year two leap of Brandon Miller, the year, I want to say, four or five leap from LaMelo, you hope that that's enough to bring you into at least the plan so you see small growth from this organization because worst case scenario they don't make the playoffs this year they don't make it next year and they don't show any type of improvement that Lamelo ball contract is looking very tradable brandon miller is looking like someone that you're going to resign only to trade him at the end of the day it's just pieces that you're like okay well i mean they work on paper but it's not something that you're super excited for and that's just 
you know, the harsh reality for the Charlotte Hornets. I do. So, like I said, 35 wins. I think that's their ceiling. Their floor, I think, is dead last in the NBA. I think that's a real thing that can happen for them. Assuming LaMelo doesn't have another healthy year, Brandon Miller, which I think will struggle tremendously at the start of the year, that's something. They're not going to have Miles Bridges for the first 15 games of the season. P.J. Washington, they still haven't signed him, so I'm just accounting for him to be on the roster, but he might not even be on the roster. And Terry Rozier probably being the only one playing, I do think that it's looking very scary over there in Charlotte and not in a really good way. I do think that it can get really ugly really fast over there, and they can definitely be a team that, you know, is a seller at the trade deadline. I think that's a real, real possibility. They have some pieces that people would want, and I do think that it, it could be really, really bad in Charlotte in the next coming years. They just got new ownership, too, and ownership has a tendency to, you know, want to try to win as fast as possible, but with this roster, with the lack of moves they made, I don't think that's really possible. I think they really are going to have to start a whole new rebuild with this new team. Anyway, guys, that has been my, you know, in-depth analysis to the Charlotte Hornets upcoming season preview. Now, we want to talk about a little bit of the NBA and kind of everything that's going on in the NBA, but there's not really much going on. You know, I did talk about Bronny James in the beginning of this episode. Hopefully everything goes well with him. Uh, One thing we could talk about is Jalen Brown, you know, signing his massive extension five years I want to say $304 million. That is insane amount of money. I think a guy who struggled in the playoffs with, you know, at times looked that he wasn't really effective. That's an insane amount of money to give him. Now, when I did my Boston Celtics preview, I did expect them to re-sign him. And, you know, kind of weird how like a couple of days after he ends up signing with them, but it's it's fine. I think it's a good move. You want to lock up that duo of Brown and Tatum for as long as you can until the wheels fall off, essentially. And I think that's what Boston did. They gave him the five years fully, no player option, no team option, just all that money guaranteed, which is a little scary because by the time he's 33, I think he's going to be making close to 70 million. And that is a lot of money. That is just, wow, that's an insane amount of money. And I think that that is somewhere where down the line, if Tatum is not on the roster, you try to trade that contract. But that's, we're talking like five years, four years from now, where we start having those conversations. Anyway, though, that's kind of it for NBA news. There's not really much going on. But thank you guys so much for listening to the Charlotte Hornets preview episode for the 2023-2024 NBA season. Once again, thank you guys so much. Remember to check out the Instagram, interact with the reels and posts as much as possible. The ad is going to be at the underscore first pick pod and then follow the Twitter as well, which is at capital TF first pick pod. If you can't find the Twitter, head over to the Instagram, which I set the app before. Click the link tree in the bio and then you should be able to find the Twitter on there. If you guys are having any sort of trouble, sometimes on the Instagram, I post tweets from the Twitter. So, you know, just Give the Twitter a follow. And also, please make sure to follow us on YouTube. It's the first pick podcast should be found in the description. We've been getting the views. We've been posting the reels. So please just hit us with a subscribe. It's, it's really not that hard. If you guys could please do that for me, I really, really, really appreciate that. But yeah, remember, listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Give us a five-star rating. Share it with a friend. And thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Peace.